Today, you're going to learn the remarkable secrets of energy healing and its incredible impact on personal well-being and business success. Today's guest is an extraordinary energy healer and breast cancer survivor. She shares her inspiring journey of self-discovery and reveals how energy healing can transform lives. She also explains how energy healing can not only heal your body and soul, but also enhance your business by cultivating clarity, focus, and abundance. Here we go. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are joined by energy healer and energy coach, Elysia Cherie. What's going on? Hello, Thomas. I'm so excited to be here again. You you are one of my favorite people to talk to about energy clearing and energy healing. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to your listeners for listening. No, I, if people, what she's talking about for people who are either watching on YouTube or listening uh, to the audio only on the podcast, we've had her on before. And if you haven't checked it out, I'll put the link in the description for our first episode. But for those first, for those people who are just now watching this interview, what exactly is an energy healer and how did you get into it? Yeah. So, uh, energy healing. I have been doing this forever and it is still always a very pleasant challenge to come up with how to explain this every time I have to talk about it. And I want to choose a simple route this time and say that energy is everything. We've heard that, but this is energy. You know, the microphone's energy. We are made of energy and our feelings, our thoughts, our actions, our words, and all have energy behind them. And a lot of times energy can move right through us, be processed. We go on about our lives. We're interacting in different uh, environments and such. Sometimes things can happen to us that cause us to kind of hold on to a bit of energy or it could even get trapped. So uh, it could be a bad experience or, or a frightful experience or something and you get some stuck energy there and that's just bound to happen the same as how you're vacuuming the floor and those cords can get tangled sometimes if you're using a, an old-fashioned vacuum that you have to plug in. So energy clearing is going in and connecting with someone in their energy and helping to clear that out, helping to move, get energy moving again where you have those tangled cords or kinked hoses and whatnot of energy, get everything flowing. And how, and how exactly does one get into something like this? Yeah. So do you mean, how do you become an energy healer or do you mean, how do you connect with someone's energy? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, how does one be like, how did you realize that you could not only feel people's energy, but like really tap in to their energy and help them? release certain things. Yeah. So I always feel quite cliche when I say this, but it really did start in childhood, which is where a lot of things start for a lot of people. It's true. And so when I was younger, I remember always being able to feel into someone's true energy or to look past what they might be saying and look at the energy that I'm picking up from them, which would be completely opposite and being able to read that and feel that or connecting with plants and animals and feeling something beyond 
uh, I'm petting a dog or that's a plant. I I'm feeling something deeper. Like this plant is a live being and we're communicating via energy. This is beautiful. And I, I can change the way I communicate and feel in order to communicate with this plant. And that's a whole other conversation that I could certainly get into, but there is a way to do that. And the same thing, I think people, since a lot of people have pets can probably think about, you have a special communication with your pet. There's a way that you interact with your dog or your cat or your bird or whatever have you. And there's just a knowingness between you and you understand your the energy of your pet pet and your pet understands your energy. And you may even just be able to like have a feeling all of a sudden in your body and your dog knows, Ooh, I better get out of the kitchen. You know, she's on to me. I was going to sneak into something or, you know, and, uh, there, there's a whole bunch of things that uh, have to do with energy and connecting to it that people naturally do. And one example I love to share is if you're driving and you have, you're at a stoplight, And you just have the feeling to look over and someone's looking at you, you know, and you kind of do the little, you either both look away quickly or you do the, hey, sunny day, you know, and you go (laughs) driving, you know, we're at the light, you know. (laughs) And so that right there is an exchange of energy and it's not a big deal. It's not this big mystical thing. That was energy work right there. We just don't call it that. And for people who are still like, because I want to get just address this real quick is like some people may feel like energy is too quote unquote woo or sometimes it goes uh, against people's religious beliefs when people kind of come at you from that angle. What is your response to something like that? I am 100% comfortable with however anyone wants to think about me and what I do. You know, if they want to think pleasant things and 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 really get into it with me, I'm going to return that. If they're curious, I'm going to return that. If they're uh, I, for example, an atheist or something, and they have a lot of questions and they, they want to know, that's fine too. Let's do this. Uh, I love you know, the, the, the full range of humanity and the different ways that people might respond to me and what I do. And one of the biggest messages is just that even if you are an atheist, or even if you don't believe in these things, you are interacting with energy every day. You use it all the time. You use it when you feel someone behind you in the room and you turn and sure enough, someone was there or your pet was there. And I, I really like to point out those examples and, you know, even if somebody wanted to, you know, shake fingers at me and and tell me I was, you know, a bad person or that I should, you know, uh, uh, burn in hell or God forbid or something like that, then that is okay too. They certainly can have that belief. I am okay with myself. I've been feeling this since I was a child. It is 100% real to me. And I 100% believe in this because I see the miracles every day of energy and energy work. And I love sharing it with other people. So those who want to come, come. Those who want to shake fingers, shake your fingers. (laughs) And how do you like, because when it comes to being in a bad, when it comes to energy and being in a bad area or somebody's behind you, it's like you can, 
or maybe even a spouse, you can like feel their energy. Like I know that happens to me sometimes, but how is it that you are the next level above that? Yes. So I don't really know how to explain that. It's almost, it's, it, it, it makes me think of people who excel at a sport or they excel at chess or they excel at uh, spelling and they just have it, you know, uh, for some reason I'm thinking of Tiger Woods, but he, you know, from the time he was a toddler, he was watching his dad's golf swing and he was watching golf on television and was quite taken by it and just had this interest that was so deep. And I don't think there's any way that sometimes we can explain those things about ourselves. It's just for me, you know, I'm not a golfer. I am an energy clear, you know, I work with energy and I have an, a, a deep interest in it. And it's just something that boom, I connect to it and the realm is there and I am so into it. And when it comes to energy healing, what was your first experience like energy healing? I I noticed in childhood that when my friends were upset, you know, we, we you know, us, I, we probably aren't supposed to say this anymore, but like young girls getting upset about this or upset about that or those mean boys or whatever, you know, and <laughs> and I remember watching my friends cry and I was always able to process things quickly. Like that person did that. I'm feeling this emotion. I don't really like that. And okay, it's gone. It's passed through. But I noticed that other people might really hold something longer. And I had an interest in that. And then I began to start to, I noticed that I could help them process that faster. So if you really sit with someone and you get on their level and you feel the same energy that they're feeling, you can get to a point to where it can release. You unkink that hose. It's not something you visibly see, but think about how you feel better when you've talked to a friend. You have something that's upset you, you pick up your phone, you call them, you share it, and afterwards you feel better. That's a hose unkinked. That was energy clearing. We all do it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I noticed that I could change I guess my frequency that I was holding, this isn't something you can see, but you can feel it and get onto the same frequency with someone else and let them cry, let it pass through me and then whoosh, feel that release. And so I kind of was playing around with that as a child and it it was uh, fascinating to me. And I didn't think of it as energy clearing or energy healing. It was just like uh, something I did. It was... uh, you know, some people learn to play piano and they they go down that route and it's piano, piano, piano. I can't wait to play. I'm obsessed. For me, it was, I love playing with energy. You know, who needs me? Who can I help? Who can I uplift? Yeah. And what is the process like when you are energy healing or excuse me, what was the process like at such a Excuse me. I can't. I'm like, so and I'm like, your energy's drawing me in here. But uh, at such a young age, what was your energy healing process like? It was, you know, okay, I'm going to move to a different point for just a second and go back to that. And so I'm also a classical ballet coach. 
And there are students who have just always had fantastic skill in classical ballet. They just have it. They just do it. And when they turn 16 and you try to ask them, how do you do it? No, I mean, do you realize that the rest of the class cannot do that, but you can, what are you doing? And they're at a loss for words. They wouldn't know any other way to be, you know, and it's almost like asking a dog, how are you a dog? How, you know, if a dog could talk, how do you do it? You know, fur, paws, you know, <laughs> the barking and it's just a dog, you know? So going back to energy clearing, it's not something I consciously, uh, it wasn't outside of me and something that I went and did, like you go make yourself a sandwich, you know, there's the bread and, and whatnot. For me, it was just my inner world. And I, I was always very connected to my inner world and what, what was I feeling inside and how did that change depending on the environment I was in, who I was hanging out with. Oh, this room feels different or aunt, Martha's car feels different, or I love going over such and such's house. Don't like going over that house, you know? And so really paying attention to those things and wanting to know why. And then a, a young child isn't going to say, oh, the energy is quite different in these atmospheres, you know, but then you just start to play with things. You do know that if you have a, a calling towards something or a pull, let's use that word. You, you're pulled towards something. You don't need words or definitions or understanding um, at a mental level. It's something that you feel and you know. And I really wish there was uh, more support in this world for the unseen and, and being able to trust. You know, we say that word, the sixth sense, you know, and, uh, I think there is definitely something to that. I, I'd like, I think over time, this is going to become more and more popular and more habitual for people to discuss these types of things. Yeah. And I, and I'm sorry, I should have been more specific when you are, especially as a child and kind of what you uh, do with your clients, like, like what is the actual process? Like what from start to finish, like you, you see that, um, you, you have to ask them permission, then you have to, then you just go into the zone. Yeah. Right. Okay. So doing it now, I, I do ask permission from people before I do energy work, especially in a professional circumstance. Uh, however, I don't ask permission if I'm, uh, in a place or a building and I'm not liking the energy, I'm thinking, I've got to clear this, you know, <laughs> and this is going to get cleared and this is going to help us all, you know, <laughs> and, and I will do, will do that. Um, it's funny. There's two different ways. Uh, I approach energy clearing. Energy clearing is not necessarily trying to force something to happen. So let's say Thomas, if I'm going to clear you, I'm not thinking I need to force Thomas to be a certain way. He needs his energy to be clear. What I mostly need to do is to become one with you and share energy with you so that the energy can flow. So just like you plug a computer into an outlet, energy is going to flow between the two 
the the introduction of the two uh, energetic forces uh, sharing, you know, this energy. And so when energy flows, things naturally start to happen for that person or for that place or for that plant or that animal. And so that's what I'm doing. And then whatever in you, whatever your current is, whatever wants to flow, whatever wants to get cleared, whatever wants to be witnessed and and whatnot, that's going to come through. So as far as permission, I suppose it's just a politeness. It's, um, you know, humans ask permission, may I come in, you know? And so the energy healing isn't something that's well known and talked about often. And I, I, people get very like, uh, like, wait a minute, you're going to connect to my personal energy, my inner world hold on, what all can you see? You know, and so I suppose asking permission is a way of letting them know I'm I'm here um, with utmost politeness. I'm not going to do anything to you. I'm just going to connect with you and we're going to flow together. And that naturally is going to clear you. And then uh, in you, you, there's another aspect where you, you really don't have to ask permission if you're not doing anything, but I don't quite know if that makes sense. So please feel free to ask me questions. No, I, it, it makes sense. And I just, I'm also curious is when you, I'm curious to know when you thought that, excuse me, I wanted to see when you thought that energy healing could then now become your business. Mm -hmm. Yes. So let me think back on that. It's, I thought for my entire life that a lot of people do already what I do, but the more I would share energy with people. It's very experiential. It's something people have to feel it. You really have to bypass the the logical mind. And I know some people are like, well, I'm out, you know, (laughs) bypass the logical mind, you know, (laughs) but it is, it's hanging there with me. It's logical, you know, but it's experiential and something you feel. And so I'll have people come up and experience something and go, okay, how I felt was undeniable. I cannot put words to it, but that feeling, that was, what is that? You know, tell me what that is. How do you do that? You know, and then, you know, a lot of times I start explaining it and then the logical mind is like, get away from this person. <laughs> she makes no sense, you know, but they're usually, and and I think that this happened with you, Thomas, the first time I did an energy clearing for you, you were like, oh, nothing is going to make me forget how I felt and how I felt that energy shift in me that had never happened to me before. I get this energy clearing with you and it happened. They're tied together. Undeniably, you were clearing my energy. And so um, remind me again what question I am answering. (laughs) It's just how how you turned energy clearing into a business or when you realized it's like, I think I'm now being pulled in this direction. Yeah. Okay. So I, I realized that a lot of people love to come to me for help. They feel better after talking to me. They feel 
and, and it's different than a phone call to a best friend. They're like, something is different about how I feel like I'm going to approach life from now on because I was talking to you and they don't realize it's not me. It's not me. It was the shifting of the energy. Like I'm not magical and, and now you will experience life differently. You know, it's just that we, we moved energy and I naturally do that. And I'll, I'll share a story where I think I've told you this before when, when I was growing up, when I would get worked up about something or I'd be really upset, or if I were like in a big hurry, my family would say, don't touch the lights. You know, you had to turn the, the little switch on, on the, the lamp, you know, on and off back yeah. then. And so they would be like, don't touch them. Cause I would blow them out all the time. Cause the, <laughs> the energy is really strong. And there are family members that don't even believe in any of that type of stuff. And they were the first ones saying, get away from that lamp. You know, <laughs> I don't know what she's doing, but she gets by it when she's like that. And the darn thing is out, you know, I'm not, not buying any more light bulbs because when it comes to money, people will suddenly, you know, <laughs> decide that they want to say a little bit of something about that. But um, so I just realized this is having a profound effect on people. People, this is really healing people. I've had people tell me, I've gone to therapy for 10 years and then I spoke with you three times or we had six sessions or even one session in some cases. And they'll say, and my life was forever changed. So when I hear that, I'm thinking, you know, really, that this little thing that I'm doing is is helping people this much. Well, I've got to put it out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm going to set up a business and do this. And so here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about the first time you asked me, and you were like, "Yeah, I just need your permission. Like, this is what I do." And I'm like, "I once again, I was just busy, and I I love this type of stuff, so I didn't think." anything of it. And <laughs> it was just crazy. And, uh, the, I, we talked about it in the first, um, interview we did, but I just remember, I mean, everything that I, I think I had been holding on to for a while. I think you even made the comment. You're like, Ooh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in here, you know? And it was just when it released, it was almost like I described it as holding on to a bar and the bar mm -hmm. was all the negativity, anything bad, anything toxic that was going on in my life. And it was like, I let go. And then I started to fall in like trying to grab, trying to grab that bar. Yeah. And it was just like, I couldn't grab it. It was like Casper, you know, through just, <laughs> I, I just couldn't grab it. And I remember I was on a walk and it, literally stopped me in my tracks. It didn't knock me over, but I just remember walking and stopping and be like, what was that? Ah, it's nothing, whatever. And then all of a sudden it was just floodgates of just, it was just like, maybe just like this euphoric dopamine hit type thing. And I know you, when I tell people, I don't want to, you know, scare people <laughs> or it's like, what did she do to me? You know, <laughs> But it was like, so the feeling was so intense that I had people, uh, or no, I didn't know. I didn't know how to handle. I didn't know how to process everything. It was just kind of like when the Grinch grows 
three heart sizes too big. It was just so much emotion came up. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, uh, Alicia, I was like, is this normal? Because <laughs> it's coming up. It's like up to my neck and I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to pass out? You're like, no, no, it's normal. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I remember I, I see my phone light up. It's going to be okay, Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Um. That that was it was very special and you just very eloquently described what I mean by experiential. Like I can say all these words to you about how an energy clearing might be, but when you experience you you've just got to experience it. And mm-hmm. I I haven't come up with and maybe you can help me, but I haven't I've not been able to think of something in life that you just have to experience it. Like, I mean, we can't really use Disneyland. You see these great videos and oh, I want to go there and try that and experience it. You know, you kind of understand a little or I don't know, this is one example or you can you're going to go on a vacation to another country, you can look it up, you can watch videos about it, kind of know what to expect. <laughs> and this just doesn't work like that with energy clearing. I'm trying to think of something you know absolutely yeah. nothing about, you know, maybe um I only- almost no, oh. go ahead. Sorry, my camera just uh went um for some reason. Let me take that off. My camera popped off. There we go. It's back on. <laughs> so I almost was going to say it's like a blind date, but then again, a lot of sometimes blind dates don't go very well. And and so I don't want to use that example at all because I haven't honestly, out of all the years that I've been doing this, I've really only had like one or two people say, eh, I, I didn't really get much out of that. Or I, I don't know. I, nothing happened for me, you know, and that is an experience in and of itself too. Could that be that they were fighting it by any chance? I definitely feel that there. One thing I have learned with energy clearing is that a lot of people, and I'm saying this from the bottom of my, of my heart, I'm saying this with so much love and zero judgment, really. A lot of people think that they want help. A lot of people are begging for help. And then you give it to them and they don't want it, you know, <laughs> or they they need wanted it in another form. Well, wait a minute. Your help means I'm going to have to actually face the things I wanted help with. Like, absolutely not. I wanted Haagen-Dazs ice cream, you know, not that, you know. <laughs> and so I run into that a lot and I can, um, and we all have that. I mean, I even see it in myself on certain levels where it will come to my attention, Elysia, you, you don't want to take that next step because you're afraid. You're afraid of the unknown. And so a lot of energy work is dealing with the unknown and the unseen, the invisible, and those things we feel inside very strongly, sometimes to the point to where we subconsciously cut off all uh, acts of help <laughs> and the person doesn't even know it, you know, oh, the energy clearing wasn't real. I knew it was a hoax, you know, and that's okay. Someone could easily say, because it is a hoax, you know, <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> you say that then if you'd like, but I just have had too many people, their entire lives changed by this, like in such profound, beautiful, 
snippets with these different clients and that I got to share with them. And they're just magnificent. And to be able to be a part of that in a non-judgmental, loving way is amazing. And it's also okay if somebody is not ready for help or does not want help. But I do want to make people aware of the fact that they are out there. You you guys, we're all out there. Me too, sometimes asking for help and we don't want it. <laughs> so I'd like to make people aware of that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the people who I, I think would, who say it's a hoax probably were fighting it because that is one thing that I, I just could not explain. Like, and the only, the only example I came up with was like, when I got my tattoo on my inner arm, I didn't know what to expect. And I talked to everybody about it and I got mixed reviews. So it's like, well, is it going to hurt or is it not? And they're like, no, it didn't hurt. And then some people are like, oh my gosh, it's excruciating. And I'm like sweating bullets before the guy sticks the tattoo gun on my arm. And I'm just like, oh geez. And then, yeah, and it hit, I mean, that it didn't feel good, but that's the only example. It's just like that bracing. Yeah. Of like what to expect. Yeah. But like I, you know, gave you permission. I was like, okay, let's do this. Like whatever. I just didn't know what to expect. But it was like I said, I must have just had a lot of built up negativity and toxicity because it hit me like a ton of bricks, but in like a good way. I was just such it was like a flood of just like positivity, if that makes sense. I don't know how else yeah. to explain it. And then I think we did it the second time. Cause the first time stopped me while I was walking and it was just like a little, not like I was shocked, but I could just feel like a tick or something in my heart or something. I was like, I don't know what that was. Maybe that was it. I don't know. But then I don't know if you, I'm sure you remember this, but then the second time I was like, I want to see if you're, how good your timing is. And we did the clearing and I was like logging any time that it could have been. And sure enough, it was like 20 or 30 minutes, like on the money you had. I was like, I felt it at 1130. And you're like, I did it at 11. Sometimes it takes a half hour to kick in. you know. Yeah. I want to let readers know that I sent Thomas an email with times before he even shared his times with me and he had written them down and was able to compare. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh man. It's been so, yeah. No. Yeah. Cause I wanted, and that's what I was just like, Whoa. So <laughs> I just, I would encourage anybody who is listening or watching to definitely, definitely give it a try. But I know when you, you know, it start all this energy clearing started at childhood, you made it a business, but then something happened recently that, uh, kind of stopped you in your tracks a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and to segue into another part of my world or my current life, I was recently diagnosed with uh, bilateral invasive breast cancer. And I it the rug was pulled from under my feet, and I had recently had surgery for that. And I am gearing up to experience radiation. And that's funny when you were talking about the tattoo that's like me trying to figure out, what is radiation? What is going to happen? What does it feel like? You know, uh, you, I, I need to know, and I'm just not getting the, well, I, I, there are some answers, but like you said, you just don't know. And I think I just have to get, get in there and experience it. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, it's, it, it has completely changed my life and changed my perspective. And I've also surprised myself with uh, the way that I have responded to it. And what was it, how did you respond when you, well, first off, like, how did you know something was off? And is it one of those things where you ignore it for a little bit and you're like, well, it can't be this, you know, it's obviously not cancer. It could be something else. Like, did you ignore it at first or were you like, uh, something's definitely wrong? So I, uh, I didn't know anything. I just happened to be at my doctor a year before I was diagnosed in annual. And, uh, she did an exam and everything. And she said, you're, you're at, this is going to give my age away, but you're at the age now where we're recommending people have mammograms. And my first thought, and my apologies, if this is offensive to anybody, but I was thinking mammogram that's for, for old people. I I'm not old. Why would I have a mammogram? You know? um, So she, uh, the, uh, the doctor said, we can, you know, you can hold off till next year if you'd like. So I said, okay, I go for my annual again the following year. And she says, Let, let's do that mammogram. And we're also going to um, screen you for colorectal cancer as well. And I said, okay, I think I said that right, by the way. But um, I thought, well, okay, I'm having cancer screenings now, I guess is what people do. All right, let's get the ball rolling. You know, so I do the colorectal cancer screening. It's negative, And that's totally what I expected. And then it was time for the mammogram and I'm waiting for that to be negative, but I did get a call back and, uh, it just went down from there. And, um, I, one of my favorite stories though, in this beginning period is that when I, you start off with a, uh, screening, a screening mammogram. Then you go for a diagnostic mammogram if you get a call back. Then after a diagnostic mammogram, if they need to see further, my watch is getting stuck on my hair. So excuse <laughs> me for a minute. But uh, you go in for a, a an ultrasound. And so I went in for the ultrasound and being able to read energy as soon as what was going to be classified as cancer popped up on the screen, I just knew it. I knew it. And the room got quiet that technicians taking suddenly like really concentrating and doing all these different measurements with the fo- the photos on the ultrasound. And I knew I was like, this, this is, this is how it goes down. And the radiologist came in afterward and, and was just frank and said, Elysia, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is cancer, we're going to have to do a biopsy. Uh, although it, it might not be it, you know, we'll see. And, uh, I said, okay, you know, and, uh, I remember putting on, you know, my, my shirt and my coat and when it was time to leave, it was so funny that I felt this emotion that when I had to walk down the hall past these nurses who I know had probably overheard them coming in and out of the room and heard doctors, radiologists discussing, you know, the ultrasound and da da you know, they all know that this is going to be cancer likely or something. And I'm walking down this hall and I, you can tell people are looking at you and their hearts are going out to you and they want to see who's the person with cancer. You can't help it. You're a human. Somebody has cancer who, you know, (laughs) it was me. 
and I'm walking down. And I've got this coat. And I thought it almost felt like a walk of shame. And I thought, why do I feel shameful? I didn't do anything wrong. I, so I maybe have cancer, you know, but I did, I, I, I logged, I, I recognized that I feel shame. I feel exposed. That was the top one exposure. Like there are a lot of eyeballs on me right now. And I'm just trying to walk out of here with dignity, you know? <laughs> so I remember I got to the elevator and I'm thinking in my head, okay, as soon as I get in the elevator, if I need to break down, I'll break down, but I'm not going to do it here. You know, so I get into the elevator, the elevator doors close. And it's like, do I need to break down? And I look to the right and it's almost like there was this energy of, hi, I'm hysteria. And if you want to freak the F out right now, I have got you. Let's do this. Let's tear this elevator up. You know, and I look to the left <laughs> and there's these little balls of energy. Hi. I'm, um, I'm vulnerable and, and I'm fear and I'm, you know, curious and I'm all, you know, all these different little emotions and, and we're a little bit more quiet than hysteria. You can hang over here with us if you want. And so I'm looking back and forth I'm like, sorry, hysteria. I'm to go over here, you know? And so I get over here with these little emotions, you know, and we're kind of hanging out for the rest of the day. And I get in my car and it's a hard drive home. Cause I'm thinking I'm about to be told I'm going to go in for a biopsy. And then I'm going to be told that I have cancer, I think, you know, but I didn't know. And, and you don't think it's really going to happen, but then sure enough, it did, you know? And, and I, I saw those, that word carcinoma, and I thought I would never read that, the word malignant, you know, and it's like, I never thought that would be attached to my name. And when they told you what, I mean, when they said the words like that you could have cancer or that it is probably cancer, what was the immediate reaction? Was it like just emotional or was it just like, you know, did it just stop you in your tracks? Yeah. So when it first happened, I was actually teaching a video ballet lesson when I got a notification that on my, my chart, uh, my electronic medical records that the, the results had come through. And so I knew then that what it was going to say, I just felt it. And so I'm carrying on with my student, you know, <laughs> and one more pirouette, you know, and <laughs> that's not what I said, but anyway, I, I make it through and I'm, I'm in my room alone. I pull it up and I saw the word carcinoma and it felt like people use that term and the rug was pulled from beneath my feet. Thomas, the rug was yanked from beneath my feet. And I thought, who are they talking about? You know, are they talking about me? Like what? Cancer? You know, it was this shock of my life. And, uh, but I couldn't understand everything. I, I knew the word carcinoma. I knew malignant. And then the rest of the vocabulary on there, like I, I, I enjoy medical vocabulary, but these words I had never seen before, like lobular and ductal and in situ. And I was like, what do these things mean? And um, I knew what invasive meant, you know, <laughs> I was like, okay. So I, I think I cried 
just a little bit. And I was like, okay, nothing's official until I talk to someone. So I'm going to carry on about this day. And I have all the moments of this day until someone makes this real. And so I went and picked up my youngest son and took him to swimming. And I'm looking at all the other parents thinking, you guys are so lucky. Uh, You're going to get to watch your kids grow up. And I don't know right now if I'm going to get that. You know, this is me assuming that only I would have cancer for all I know someone else in there did too, you know, hopefully not, but that's what I was thinking. And then my phone rang and I look, it's the hospital and I answer it and then excused myself to go to my car. And then they walked me through what that meant and what all those words on there meant. Man, like I said, that phone call could just, I think, I don't, like I said, I, I would, I feel like if you're just sitting in your car, like waiting for the verification that it would just be every emotion known to man uh, followed by a breakdown. (laughs) Um, and who I, who is the first person you told? Was, Was it your husband or was it a family member? I believe it was my husband. Now my husband had already been pre, uh, you know, he'd been following the story. I, I got the call back. Now I'm going for an ultrasound. Now I'm going to have to have a biopsy. You know, so we're, you're on, there's a lot of waiting with cancer. I I want to let people know that first and foremost, (laughs) this isn't something that you, you, it's not like, oh, you have strep. We did the test and here you go. And these are your medicines. There is so much waiting and going back and forth. And, and it really kind of taught me to just enjoy those moments and go about your life. There's nothing you can do to, until you get the information you need or the next step. But who did I tell first? Let me say that I told myself first. So when the phone call ended, I just wanted to be with myself. And uh, at that point, I found out it was stage two. And I was pretty sure from what I'd heard and seen on movies and whatnot that I was going to live. You know, I think stage two that I'm going to live. I'm going to get to watch my son swim. is going to be okay. But I felt so outdone. Like I felt like, you know, I've never gone, um, what do you call it? Paintball? The, the, what do mm-hmm. you call that? Paintball. Yeah. Paintball. Paintball. Okay. I've never done that, but I felt like I got tagged with the paintball and everybody else got us off scot free. And I have like 10 splats on me and they hurt, you know? <laughs> and I was so outdone. And I just had to take that in, you know? And I remember the weather outside. And I remember what I was wearing and I remember collecting myself and going back to the pool and thinking my little boy has a mom with cancer. You know, my little boy is in that pool swimming right now and has no idea. And I just wanted to sit with myself with that for a while. Um, But then I did tell my husband first when I got home. Did you, when you were sitting in your car, did you ever, did the emotion ever, I'm trying to think how to word this. When you were sitting in your car, you got the news. 
that it was cancer, did you ever feel like my life is over? Yeah. Um, I felt like that when I first read it in my electronic records, because at that point I didn't know if I, if I would live or die. And, and I just, I know this sounds strange, but I automatically accepted, okay, I might be dying. Um, all right. So I guess if I'm going to die, let me go through my life and see what ends I need to tie up, you know, and I know that I'm laughing, but that is how I felt, you know, and I, people get upset with me for doing this, but I have a way of just processing quickly, you know? And so I just processed, I guess that I might die, you know? And, um, you just have, you can only do what you can do in any situation about any topic, anywhere you can only do what you can do. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of where I was. And, and, and then when I found out that this was treatable, you know, the, the thing about cancer that's funny, Thomas, is that if you don't treat it, it is deadly, especially if you have invasive, um, types. Now, um, I'm sure there's lots of different threads to be taken on that, but in general, if you don't treat it, it's going to eventually, uh, not turn out so well for you. You know, if you treat it, uh, there's lots of different percentages of your uh, chances of, you know, living the rest of your life, you know. Yeah. And did you, I've heard of so many natural ways too. Um, I have a, a uh, I know somebody who chose to not go the radiation route and yeah. do the all natural way and it worked for her. Is there any way to do that? for you or do you need radiation? Yeah, that is so funny. You asked me that because my mind jumped there and then how funny you, <laughs> how funny you asked, uh, you know, Thomas, I use, I'm really into homeopathic things, herbal things, uh, herbal, you know, teas and things like that. And, uh, if I don't have to use standard medicine, I'm not going to use it. I'm always going to look for another alternative. You know, if I don't need to have antibiotics or I, I rarely take a Tylenol or an Advil. So it was a big decision for me to treat this the standard way, especially because I do energy healing. And there are a lot of people in in who do similar work who believe that you can use your mind to cure these things or, or maybe you aren't even on that front and you're just thinking natural, there are natural things on this earth to help you cure cancer. You know, you don't need to, uh, you know, stay away from the hospitals. They'll kill you, you know, <laughs> or something like that. For me, I do believe all of those are correct. I think that you probably can use your mind to, uh, there are probably a whole bunch of people out there who have used their minds to cure them themselves of all sorts of things. I didn't feel like harnessing whatever amount of energy it was going to take to try to heal myself of bilateral breast cancer. So bilateral, I think it's one to 2% of women have bilateral. So that was another blow. Um, 
And, and I also found out separately that I was bilateral. So <laughs> I'm mourning one cancer diagnosis and a month later, oh, by the way, <laughs> you have it in the other side too, you know? Um, but yeah, back to like how I was going to treat this. I, I do believe that there, there, you can use your mind to heal yourself. Of, you can create miracles. You can move mountains. And I've been able to do it with a lot of things in my life. But for some reason, I just wasn't feeling it with uh, uh, the, feeling into the energy of the cancer. I just felt such um, an aggressiveness and a permanency about the energy it had that I was like, oh, I don't know. I think I'm going to deal with this. I'm just going to go the medical route, you know, and uh, maybe I will use energy clearing to prevent recurrence, you know. <laughs> um, I also know two people who decided to treat their cancer natural methods with using natural methods only. Unfortunately, one of them had recurrence and then ended up passing away from it. And it was uh, my mom's, one of my mom's best friends. Mm. And uh, we used to be really both were, we bonded over how much we were really into alternative methods, you know, and I remember her husband begging her to please go get chemotherapy or please, you know, go do radiation and and she wouldn't do it. And unfortunately for her, it, it didn't, um, it, it, the methods she was using, the alternative methods weren't enough. So I don't know how to explain why, you know, some people it works, some people it doesn't. For me, I just felt like I'm going to do this. I'm going to just follow what they say to do. I don't, I'm not going to touch this, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I've gone in and done a lot of energy healing on myself throughout this process in support of what the medical community is doing for me. And I, I support people's decisions regardless of what they do. You really just have to choose what's right for you. Yeah, I'm curious because you say that um, your mom's friend decided to go to the natural route and the husband wanted to do the traditional route. I just wonder, I she can't be the only one that goes through that because I was going to say mm -hmm. if you wanted to do the natural way of healing yourself versus what your husband said, I don't. I just don't know how you would deal with that because yeah. as a, as the guy, we want to fix things and yeah. like the worst feeling in the world is helpless. And if we're watching somebody we love, just like suffer, we want to fix it. So we're like, just take the medicine. Take the medicine you're like, yeah. no, I've got my carrot juice. It's cool. We got this, you know? So it's like, my I don't, thoughts are healing me. <laughs> yeah. I don't, that's a, I don't know how people deal with that. Your thoughts, by mm. the way, do heal you and can mm. heal you. Mm. For me and my situation, I, I just knew, take the medicine, <laughs> take the medicine. And it's funny because it's very unlike me. Like I have um, used natural, natural and, and I, my kids say they don't take, um, you know, aspirin for just anything. I have a headache. Where's aspirin or where's that Advil? You know, no one does that, you know, or someone gets sick. My herbal teas are out, you know, like I, I'm, I live in Portland, Oregon. This is the place to live. If you want natural <laughs> cures for everything, you know, um, I have to say that when I felt in, I'll share this when I learned um, about the the cancer and I felt into it when I was concentrating on the energy of it, the energy of it, I could not connect to and I could not move it or shift it. I couldn't, 
It was very strange. Um, it's almost like if you live in America and you go to Europe, you can't just take your plug here and pop it into their, you know, system. It's not going to work. You can turn it any kind of way. You can pray, you can do whatever you want. And until you get those three prongs, that converter, it's not happening. And so I very much felt like that when I felt into the cancer, I was like, this cancer does not want anything to do with me and playing along with connecting, you know, and, and I just was trying to figure out, uh, it was a very new energy for me and I don't want to cast it. It was this dark black energy that wouldn't move, you know, but, but it kind of was like that, you know? (laughs) And, um, so I thought, well, buddy, or lady, you know, you're getting radiation, (laughs) you know, you're getting surgery. (laughs) And so I guess that also, um, was why, and I just, um, because my youngest son is nine and a half, I want to do everything I can to be here for him. And I don't want to deal with recurrence. And I, um, and you're up and down in your emotions with cancer and, and, you know, how you feel about it and how you're redefining yourself. And I didn't have time. Um, someone could argue, well, make time, but I just, I didn't have, it wasn't a priority to me to try to figure out how to move the energy of this cancer that was in me. Yeah. And as an energy healer, and you have so much experience with this and healing other people yourself, was it scary to you when you like the energy to do natural treatment versus the medical, like traditional medicine? Like you just like you use the comparison with the outlets. Was it yeah. scary that it just wasn't connecting? Yeah, it it made me curious. So whenever something doesn't work in the energy realm or whenever something throws me for a loop or is new, I am insatiably curious, like, oh, this is a whole new facet. Like, what is this? You know? And so in, in the midst of that curiosity, I was like, well, while I'm being curious and figuring this out, I'm going to go the standard route, you know, of treatment options here. And, um, and so it's, it's funny. I, I just have never had that. The, the only time I've run into a type of energy that wouldn't budge at all is if I'm around a person who's a very, uh, they're very bitter and they're very sarcastic and they have like an atheist type energy about them. And that is okay to be like that that it, it's okay. We're, we're humans. We express in different ways. That energy is very difficult to work with. It does not want to budge. It does not want to move and it will do whatever it has to, to fight for its right to be. And that's how I felt with that cancer. <laughs> well, and as you, you know, you, life has to go on, you know, you still have to, you know, go to your son's swim meets. You still have to, you know, do stuff around the house. You have to like live your life. But when it comes to your business, what do you think that you learned from this experience and how it affects your business? Yeah. I feel that in going through, so I mentioned earlier that I have the habit of being able to process through things quickly 
to, and, and this isn't like, oh, that happened, whatever, just eat some ice cream. You know, it, it's, that's not what I'm doing. I can feel the full extent of something terrible and then let it go and, and move right into bliss. And it's not fake. It's not manufactured. It's not a falseness. It's not a running away or a hiding. It is a shifting of energy that was that big and was able to move me from this point to this point. Um, cancer, uh, I wasn't able to do that with it. It, it was, um, Hmm, you know, this is new. Okay. There are some things out there that I cannot shift or move. And that, that was new. And then it makes me curious why, why not, you know, what, what is that, you know, and I know the answers will come to me more. So how, as far as how it's impacted my work now, I understand more how to relate to someone who cannot shift out of a certain mindset. So sometimes when I'm working with people and this is being done in a very loving way, not a judgmental way. But I'll think to myself, wow, you know, if that were happening to me, I could shift that in two seconds, you know, and and move right on. But this person is on year five of this or this, per- you know, and it, it wasn't a judgment like, how could you not shift? Come on. It's easy. You know, that that's ridiculous to <laughs> put somebody in that type of situation, you know, but now it, it helps me understand some things either don't want to be shifted or moved. They're not meant to be, or I don't know what the answer is, but I know that it's there and you have to just accept that and, and be with it and be cognizant of it. And so it's, I guess it's given me a broader perspective on things that cannot shift, you know, not everything can be moved and there are so many different reasons behind it. And, and after this, and after this experience with cancer, did it change the people that you also want to work with as well? First, I, at first, I definitely felt like I would love to connect with other people who have cancer, who have experienced this as I need to make some big changes in my life. You know, I, I want to be more in touch with my energy or I want, and and I, I did kind of go down that route at first, but then I found myself coming right back full circle to my sign is hung for anyone who wants my help, you know, it, whatever walk of life you are coming from and you end up on my porch and you want my help, let's do this, you know? And did you, do you have any plans to work with other people who have breast cancer as well? At at this point, I, I don't, uh, however, I what I am feeling a pull toward is wanting to get more information out there about uh, the experience of going through cancer and what it's been like for me. Because when we see it on movies and television, it, it's the same tropes. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the same trope, um, and uh, I want to. 
if possible, I would like to show people it does not have to be approached like that from that perspective. And all you need to do is see someone else having a different experience with something to go, I would like to try that on. I'm going to choose that experience. And and then you make it your own, of course, you know, Um, so I, I would I would like to see, you know, m- maybe try to play around with that. I something that was helpful for me when I was diagnosed, what and I had to scour it was hard to try to find people who I could somehow relate to, uh, um, whether it be someone in my age range or or someone who had similar interests to me, um, outside of energy clearing, other interests that I have, you know, and did someone that just seemed like, oh, you know, this person would be really fun to talk to, and they've gone through this. What have they done? How did they get through it? And those were so powerful and meaningful. And to hear their stories and and what they did, it, it really helped me to learn that the power of stories is it's amazing. It's part of what makes the world go around because we're all here having these experiences and it's through stories. We hear that the power of storytelling, but it is, it's the power of storytelling and sharing your story and your experience. I know how powerful that is. That stuff is just as powerful as the modern medicine or, or naturopathic methods and whatnot that we use. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to think of a way of how to word this to not sound so cliche, but like, it's kind of like a tomorrow's never promise type thing, but it's like, have you has, I know you want to, I know you want to leave a certain impact on the world. And do you think that changed once you got you know, once they said the words, you have cancer, do you think that changed the impact that you want to leave in this world? That is one thing that that didn't change. And I'm really happy you asked me that, Thomas. I have always cleaved to kindness. And just from a young age, the magic of kindness, you can you can save a soul with kindness. You can uplift the most downtrodden, you know, with kindness. And I just remember after I found out, I was like, I'm still going to be kind. I'm, you know, I'm in the hospital and I just found out these things, or I just finished this test, or I just finished being poked and prodded. And all I want to do right now is be kind to others because another cliche thing you don't know what someone's going through, you know? And um, you, it's funny, like I, I was joking to myself, I, I was driving home once and someone cut me off and and was mean to me or gave me the middle finger. And I was laughing like, you're being mean to a person with cancer, you know? <laughs> it's like, you don't know my story and what I'm going through. You just flipped off someone whose life has been turned around, you know? And I wasn't mad. It, it was... It was hilarious and pathetic <laughs> all in one bunch. And so kindness is just so important to me. And and I'm not I'm not saying I'm always kind. You know, I get in little moods once in a while, just like everybody else, you know. <laughs> but um it made me want to be even more kind. That's that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Cause I just never know when like I, 
I just don't know how I would react to it. And it's like, you know, I, I, part of me was thinking like, I wonder if she had like a YOLO moment where it's like, I'm going to go to Vegas and do something crazy, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. Or then it's like, are is it one of those wake up moments where you start doing stuff that you, that are on your quote unquote bucket list? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, have you th- also, have you thought about, I'm trying to think like, ask you about the impact and I'm wondering how to word this one too. Cause it's, it's a sensitive subject. So it's like, mm-hmm. if you, I guess if you could create one, like if you knew your time was coming and yeah. you had to create like one more piece of content, whether that's video, whatever, what, what do you think your message would be to the world? I would tell people to continuously forgive themselves, like get into the habit. If I, if I had 60 seconds to shout out a tip, everybody, the light is opened up in the heavens and it's time for me to go. But here's my last message. I would say continuously forgive yourself. That's how you are going to make it through this, this life. And, uh, if you can even extend that to continuously forgiving others, great. But if you can only do it for yourself, then do it for yourself. And what I mean by that is we, we live in a judgmental society. We judge ourselves a lot. And even though I, I work, you know, I love kindness and I, I want to be non-judgmental, but I do it too. Sometimes like silly stuff, like one moment, my, um, well, my phone made my camera go off. So it is, um, there we go. Okay. So, um, you know, even I, I will judge somebody sometimes and then laugh at myself and boom, it's gone, you know, but, uh, if you can continuously forgive, you know, who you are right now or whatever it is that you don't like about yourself or why you're not good enough, you know, why, you don't have this or why you don't have that or why did you act this way or say that or do that or here you are pouring over your memories of in the past or i i i need to live in shame forever you know or I, or i should be humiliated forever or you know and it's like please stop <laughs> please and just forgive yourself and another way to think about it is if you were about to have a surgery and there were two doctors and I, I heard someone else say this, and this was great. There are two doctors. Do you want one, the doctor who's like, so like, I'm sorry, I'm going to do your surgery, but I'm kind of busy right now beating myself up for some things in the past. Or do you want the doctor <laughs> who did some things in the past that were okay? Maybe you don't even like those things at all, but they are a darn good surgeon and they're ready. Like, who do you want to do your surgery? You know what I mean? So you serve no one by like, hold on, let me get in a few more whips, you know? And <laughs> like, just, just forgive yourself continuously. And, and if we could do that with ourselves, it really would um, light up the world and, and bring in a whole new set of energy. That's amazing. Well, Elysia, 
Alicia. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you and contact with you or work with you, where can they find you? So I am fairly easy to get in touch with. I I tried a whole bunch of different mediums for people to get in touch with me. And I've just found that being on Instagram, I'm at goldenheart.goldenmind. And people love to send me a DM. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can DM me on Instagram. Or if you just want to know more about what I do or follow me or see, you know, the things that I have to say or look at clips that I have from Thomas and I talking about all sorts of things, um, mostly energy clearing, but all sorts of things. Um, that would be where where to find me on Instagram. So it's at goldenheart.goldenmind. Awesome. And real quick, that painting behind you, is there any significance behind that by any chance? Oh, that might be one one of my top favorite questions from you. I love that you asked that. Okay. So I love hearts. And this right here, you can see is in the shape of a heart, their nest. Okay. And that that is huge. Like I have hearts all over my room. They're like a big deal to me. And it, like, I don't want to go grab them all, but anyway, just know I've got my heart necklace, you know, <laughs> so that right there just symbolizes that no matter what, you know, there is always love. And then the ruby throated hummingbird has always been just one of my pick-me-ups. You know, I could be on a walk outside pondering something or wondering how I'm going to get through something and boom, a hummingbird and it's got that ruby throat. I'm like, oh, everything's going to be okay. You know, and, um, and we're never alone, you know, we're, we're never alone. And then pink flowers. And I've just also got to hold these up too. They're on my desk. I love pink flowers. And those are another symbol to me of, um, just the things that I love in life. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, no, I saw it. And I, it's been staring at me for like the last five minutes. And I was like, there's only one picture on the wall. I was yeah. like, I was either prepared to ask you that and you tell me what you did, which is awesome. <laughs> um, or it was like, oh, no, we uh, we we needed something to throw on the wall. I got it at a garage sale. We're going to paint over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I saw that, I was like, well, I love any I love art. And I love anything beautiful, anything that lifts my mind to a place of infinite possibility. And it's like that sky, you know, is infinite. And then even just a moment, a moment of peace, like, let's sit here and hang out, you know? And, <laughs> and so I just, I love anything that reminds me about the big things in life, the infinite possibility, and then just the little special moments in life, you know, like a heart-shaped nest. <laughs> I love it. All right, Alicia, thank you so yeah. much. You are welcome. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It was a pleasure to be here today.